The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning comes from Luke 14, verses 25 through 35, and it can be found on page 1623 in your pew Bible. Luke records, Large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them. He said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation or are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and he wasn't able to finish. Or suppose a king is about to go to war against another king. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? And if he is not able, he will send a delegation, while the other is still a long way off, and he will ask for terms of peace. And in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus because nothing good can come from any other source. From time to time, we hear about the price that people from other cultures, other countries, the price they pay when the Holy Spirit converts them to Christianity. A father will declare that my son is dead to me and his mother. In other words, as far as this man is concerned, his son no longer exists because he has become a Christian. And over the years, we have heard about the honor killings among followers of Islam. And a father will actually execute his own daughter merely because she abandoned the Islamic ideology. Now, in this morning's gospel, we heard Jesus say this, If anyone comes to me and does not hate 
his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Is Jesus teaching this sort of radically strict sort of approach to his teaching just like the honor killings or... What about the second great commandment being you shall love your neighbor as yourself, Matthew twenty-two thirty-nine? How are we to make the transition from loving neighbor to, well, to hating family? How do we reconcile that what we heard Jesus say today with the message of love for neighbor that Jesus proclaimed at other times. How, how do we reconcile it? He said, unless you hate your family. And before we get ready to accuse Jesus of radical contradictions, let's remember one of the most important tools for understanding. Whenever we communicate in any way, context is important. In order to understand the truth of Jesus' words, we must hear them in context. The context of the preceding chapters of Luke, they've informed us that Jesus is en route to Jerusalem. Why? Well, in order to offer himself up as a sacrifice for the sins of the world. First, Jesus said to his disciples in Luke 9, 43-44, Let these words sink into your ears. The Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. And then a short time later, Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. Now Luke has told us this. He's told us that Jesus did not hurry toward Jerusalem. Instead, he went on his way through towns and villages, and he was teaching as he was journeying towards Jerusalem. And then finally, as we began the gospel this morning, we heard, now... Great crowds accompanied him. Jesus was drawing people into the travel to Jerusalem with him. He was drawing them not just to celebrate the Passover, but also to witness as Jesus offered himself up as the Passover lamb, the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. It is in this context that Jesus not only said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even in his own life, he cannot be my disciple. But he also said this, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So as we review the context of Jesus' words, we begin to understand that Jesus is warning about earthly consequences of becoming his disciples. He is 
warning about the hatred that the devil, the world, and even our own sinful nature has against Jesus. And Jesus warns that Christians will face incredible pressure to abandon their faith in him. The devil, the world, and our sinful flesh will muster all their forces just to drive us away from faith in Jesus Christ. And society as a whole, members of our own households, even our own thoughts will betray us. Now, society might threaten physical, legal, and financial violence. Our families may threaten emotional violence. Our own thoughts may deceive us. And therefore, we must be ready to leave them behind. Now, Jesus taught, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple, my disciples. And with these words, Jesus taught that the Christian has enemies, and enemies will attack. They will cause many hardships for the Christian. And the faithful disciple will suffer in this world for the sake of Christ. Our culture has gotten used to the idea that any hardship in life may be called a cross. It may be called a sickness or an accident, an unfortunate financial setback. And we sometimes refer to all of these and more as our crosses to bear. But when Jesus speaks of the cross... He speaks only of the cross that the Christian bears because he is a Christian. He speaks specifically of the hardships that a person bears because he confesses Christ to the world and because the world hates Christ. There has been a steady stream of blood from Christians down through the centuries In fact, the writer of Hebrews states that many suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, and they were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats. They were destitute, afflicted, mistreated. They were wandering in the deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. Hebrews 11, 36-38. You may lose all of your earthly belongings or even your life for the sake of Christ. That's what the context, what he is telling us. And the world has produced many false teachers who insist that the wealth of this world world will just pour out on those whose faith is, well, strong enough. It'll pour out on those who think positive thoughts. And these false teachers claim to be Christians but they teach you to have faith in your own faith, to believe in your own 
positive thoughts, to take control of your own salvation by your own outlook on life. And they cleverly claim to teach faith in Christ, but they actually teach faith in yourself. And in many cases, they have conned themselves. They've conned themselves literally into believing their own false teaching. And after all, as we see some of these people on TV or in the news, aren't they awash in wealth, in the wealth of this world? Mansions and cars and stadiums that they, they preach from? Well, it is to these false prophets that the Lord will one day say this from Luke 12, 20 through 21. You'll remember the Lord said, Fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things that you prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich toward God. So what is Jesus telling us? In today's gospel, he is saying that the world absolutely hates the children of God. He is saying that the world will use all its resources against us, against you, the child of God. It will use even our own families, even our own desire to survive. Jesus is telling us that his disciples must be ready to cut off ties. Cut off ties to father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters rather than be unfaithful to him. He is telling us that we must be ready to lose our lives rather than to be unfaithful to him. Can you do that? Neither can I. I simply don't have the resources to conform to Jesus' teaching in today's gospel. In fact, the parables that Jesus tells that are come after these statements tell us that we don't have the resources to carry them out. It's not just my opinion. He, he gives parables later on that illustrate that. Our attempt to surrender all in order to be faithful is like a man who starts a tower that he can't finish. Our efforts to surrender all in order to be faithful is like that king with 10,000 who hasn't calculated whether or not he can oppose another with 20,000. The truth is the world will overwhelm us if we try to carry our own cross in our own power. We do not have the power in ourselves to deny our family and follow Christ. We can't do it alone. And fortunately, we are not alone. The Holy Spirit inspired the writer of the book of Hebrews to say this, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, 
but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4, 15, Jesus, Jesus is our high priest who experienced the same attacks that we do, and he triumphed over it. So did the world use Jesus' family to attack him? You bet they did. When we listen to the words that Mark writes in, in Mark uh, 3, 20 through 21, we, we read that then Jesus went home, and the crowd gathered again so that they could not even eat, he and his disciples. And when his family heard it, they all went out to seize him. For they were saying, he is out of his mind. That's Mark 30, excuse me, Mark 3, 20 through 21. And later on, Jesus said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. Mark 3, 34, 35. Jesus himself had to deny his own family in order to remain faithful. Jesus Christ was also faithful to the cross. His cross was not just a metaphor. It was a, a very real thing. His death was not just persecution for being faithful. His death was the sacrifice that made us all part of God's family. And you see, when Jesus endured the cross, he was making sure that there, that there was one cross that you and I would never have to endure. The cross we earned with our own sin. He bore that cross. And Jesus endured the cross of our sins so that we don't have to. He took all of our sins unto himself and he paid the debt for those sins. And by his faithful suffering and death on the cross, he triumphed over sin, death, and the power of the devil. And in his triumph, he rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven. That is why we preach Christ and him crucified. Jesus offers his triumph to all people through the Holy Spirit's gift of faith. And it is by faith that we receive adoption into God's family. And he promises us that we shall always be together. Now, before Jesus ascended to heaven, he said this, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And he also said in Hebrews 13:5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And his triumph means that he is always by our side. And he will always be with us while we live here on this earth. And when our time here is over, we shall live with him forever. Evil, evil has no conscience. It will attack us. And it will use all of its resources. It will attack us through family. It will attack us through friends. 
It'll attack us even through our own body. And in spite of this, we need not fear. For the Holy Spirit works and sustains faith in us and works through us to give us strength to remain faithful in spite of the world's persecution. Even if it means that we lose family and friends, even if it means death because of our faith. For those of you that have been through confirmation, have you ever revisited your confirmation, the vows, the promises that you made at that time? Do you, do you remember them? The church probably asked you to make promises and promises that you could not keep. They asked, do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? Do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit even unto death? Do you intend to continue steadfast in the confession and church to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? A simple, I do, will not be enough of a response because no ordinary human being can live up to that answer. Instead, you'll remember you said, I do, by the grace of God. And it is for only by the grace of God we can be faithful to God, even if the world threatens death or our family and friends ridicule us. It is by the grace of God that the Holy Spirit will keep our faith strong. It is by the grace of God and his promise that God will be with us here in time and he will, we will be with him forever in eternity. It is in the name of Jesus. Amen.